Just Earthly is a podcast for the nature lover, environmental enthusiast, outdoor adventurer, free spirit, and seeker. We belong outdoors, where we find union, belonging, inspiration, and at home with ourselves, each other, and our planet. We go inside to go outside. We go outside to go inside. We gather for self-healing, world healing, here on this earth. Welcome to the Just Earthly Podcast. My name is Mandy Metzger, founder of Interland Botanicals, and I'm your host. Hello, friends. Mandy here from Inner Lake Botanicals. I just wanted to drop in really quick and just let you know what is happening here in 2024. We are kicking it off with a free Good Vibe Tribe gathering online on the second Thursday of each month at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is held online. It's a safe space for us to gather, talk, or just be in the presence of others to meet and connect with like-minded earth and energy conscious people like you to bring to the table our whole selves to hold space and to have space held for what is going on in our lives. The gatherings are super casual and fun. We have been doing them since 2020 and we're bringing them back after a bit of a hiatus. So I'm going to drop the link down in the episode that you can click and sign up. Again, they're free. It's a great place to just gather and show up as you are. Show up in jammies, grab tea, whatever you feel, and we'll see you then. All right. I am so excited to welcome Karen Deloach, artist, art mentor, author, actor, and creativity specialist to the Just Earthly podcast today. How are you doing, Karen? I'm so good and happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I am so excited too. I am I am an artist myself and have been in my little creativity process and um, it's really meaningful to have you on as well. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you to tell us all about these things that you do. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I love connecting with other creatives because, you know, the reality is we're all creatives. We don't all identify as artists or artists, but that doesn't mean we don't have creativity. And so that's kind of part of my mission is to help people kind of uncover, discover and find out what's their own creative world like? Because we're all unique. We all have uh, been given this half a brain that's supposed to be wired for creativity. It's sensitive. It's intuitive. It has imagination. Um, it has inventiveness. And we don't necessarily understand how to how to access that, how to get to those parts of our brain. When we've spent most of our lives, all of us in school systems that kind of develop critical thinking and logic and order and memorization and the things that are um, chronological and they're easy to grade, they're easy to assess. Whereas, you know, a lot of, a lot of us have had, had a world where right brain thinking was trivialized at best, if not kind of squashed. It certainly wasn't given the opportunity to bloom and to blossom into, you know, the fullness, because even though we may not, again, identify as artists, we still have this part of our brain that is there to work together with our left brain. It's not an either or. And to me, it's like, well, this part's gotten developed. What about this part? So that's, that's all the things that I like to do, whether it's writing or acting or filmmaking, um, 
painting, drawing, sculpting, uh, all of these things are part of that creative process. And I married a musician writer who, and we have musician sons and a writer daughter. They're all, they're all very, very active in the arts and struggled, really struggled academically with, with the right brain skills and had to, and now it's funny, my sons are in Germany making albums, but they fell in love, married uh, beautiful German women and gave me a little German grandbabies and they teach English which is crazy to us because <laughs> they struggled so much when they were little. So you never know, you know, what your, your early struggles don't mean that's going to be the way it always is. So, you know, as you, as you have this special podcast about nature and healing and the arts, it's just so right up my alley. Now, my family is from New Jersey and I can see the Empire State Building from my bedroom window. It was a very urban environment. The back of one town had the name of the next town, you know, right after another. It was like a concrete, <laughs> concrete world. I loved architecture. I really fell in love with architecture and the arts because there were museums and galleries and all, everything available to us. But um, my father, when he moved us to Virginia and then to the South, we got to experience nature. And the first time I ever went camping was in the Appalachia Mountains, not too far from Pennsylvania, uh, and saw, you know, running streams and bears and and um, just thought that it was the wildest thing. I felt like I moved into, a, you know, was staying in a zoo. <laughs> I know I didn't hadn't experienced nature that way. Um, and living on the East Coast, being close, always close to the ocean. My mother was very good about taking us to the beach. So I grew up very close to water and always had water accessible. And, you know, you don't realize, and we were talking about this, how much our early childhood affects us with, I love trees. Um, I, I lived in, in some place where, where it was on the ocean, but had no trees. I'm like, I didn't realize how much trees meant to me until I didn't see any. And living living on the coast here, it became part of my artistic um, vocabulary, painting the ocean and painting the, the the marshes and the boats and and the fishing villages and just enjoying the sunshine. I live in a very sunny climate here. and And I lived for years where it was foggy and cloudy. And I found out, you know, it has its own beauty and I've done some paintings with some fog and, and some mist. It can be very beautiful, but for me, for my heart and for me to thrive, I gotta, I gotta live with their sunshine and a beautiful sunset in the, at night that tells me, Oh, we're going to have sunshine tomorrow too. <laughs> so nature, you know, as artists, one of the things that is wired into us, and I really think all people are this way is the love of beauty. Is there anybody that hates to see a beautiful, colorful sunset or sunrise? I mean, it's just we're the only created beings that have this love of beauty, that we can appreciate beauty. And that is such a beautiful part of us. And do you know, and I've been studying the science behind this, that just looking at a sunset and enjoying it can release serotonin, the happiness chemical, that looking at art, releases serotonin the happiness chemical but doing it releases more so there's there's something wired into us to enjoy the arts to enjoy looking at it and participating in it yeah and that's actually a really interesting connection and link between the beauty and taking in the beauty and serotonin but actually like doing it and doing the art is releases even more. I also think it's interesting because I feel like 
we're born creative. And as you said, as we get into more of that logical mind side and a lot of coursework throughout school, working more on the that side of the brain that I feel like we, as we get older, I know even for myself, art classes were one of my favorite kinds of classes growing up, um, even in high school. And I started out in college as an art therapy major. And then I didn't know at the time what I could do with that. So I ended up switching that to a health administration degree, unfortunately. But it took, even with my path, I had to come back to it and really it really felt like when I was coming back to my art practice, I was also coming back to myself at the same time. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. really good. You know, you, you hit on a really big point. If you ask a room of five and six-year-olds, if they like to drum, to paint, to dance, to sing, to color, to draw, to play on the plate, they say yes. They all love these activities. They enjoy them. Are they worried about what the product looks like? Are they worried about if they're good or not? No, they're just having fun. But you ask a room of 15 or 16 year olds that same question. No, they're not interested. They don't care. And what happened in those 10 years? Mm -hmm. And, and as, as we develop that, those left brain skills, which are very important, and all of us want those skills, we, we get this other part of our our nature and our soul and our mind and brain trivialized at the least if not even tramped on because so many people have a story where they tried they tried to be creative they tried to do coloring and they tried to sing and it and it got put down and, and you know to various degrees to where they didn't pick it up again I mean, I, I was a little girl growing up in, in, in you know, in, in near Manhattan and saw all these pictures. I wanted to be on Broadway. If you asked me what I wanted to be, I want to be a star. I want to be on Broadway. But I opened my mouth to sing and I was like, turn the radio up, you know, got to drown her out, you know. So I, I didn't have that gift of singing. And I didn't realize I could have learned until I was an adult and had people teach me and I could do some, you know, then I could finally do some some song and dance and some theater, some, some theater work. But it wasn't, it was only you know, community theater wasn't for a career. Maybe I was saved from that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was a joy. And you get a hint when you're young of the things that really bring you joy. What did you like to do when you were five? You know, what what brought you joy and happiness just just was playful to you. You yeah. know, so it's you explored, you knew that art was something that was fun for you when you were little. Yeah. And I feel like that when I switched in college, it was a detour. Um, I, I call that my detour mm -hmm. phase and I had to mm -hmm. come back around with that. Um, but you made a really good point about learning too, like how some people feel that they start off and maybe they're not good at it. I have a couple things to say about that though. Um, <laughs> but I do remember in college when I was in that uh, art therapy program, how I was sitting around a table in the dining hall of people and they were there were a couple of people that were like I am just not good at art and I there was a debate between me and another person where I said no but you can learn to to do art and um but I also feel like as I've gotten older I've also realized that and you've kind of said about this too you don't creativity you don't it 
there isn't a good or a bad I feel like at the same time where you can just express yourself in a way that just feels fun and that <laughs> is art so it is. yeah you know, I, I love naturalism and, you know, I talked about that. I love, I love drawing from nature and I love drawing people. I, I love people. And, um, that's what I wanted to draw and paint when I was in college. Now I had been an athlete and, um, drama person, theater person and art. And I went to a community college. I went not a community college. I went to a, a liberal arts college where I could do all three and in, I, I could draw. I had really had great art instruction. So I had good drawing skills. But then it came time to take painting classes. Now, this is the 70s because I'm turning 70. So this is a long time ago. And all my teachers had been raised in the abstract expressionism, which is just express yourself, which is a beautiful venue and can be very beautiful and, and rewarding in so many ways. However, I wanted to paint people. I wanted to paint nature. I wanted to paint all these fabulous trees. I wanted, I wanted to paint the water and the lakes and everything that was around me. And I wanted to do it in a way that was recognizable, okay? Even if I was a little bit impressionistic. And they hated my paintings. They used literally four-letter words to describe my paintings. I was devastated. They made me feel, and I became completely convinced that I wasn't good enough that I was not a painter. You're a three-dimensional artist. So graduate school, I went into sculpture and, and did ceramics and, and worked in clay. Because And, and I, I would try, year after year, I'd try to paint again. I'd pick up another canvas and I started having, got married and had babies and they were so cute and I wanted to paint them. And I could never get past my own conviction inside subconsciously that I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't pull this off. And I had all these unfinished canvases and canvas boards until I met a mentor. And Bob had been to the Chicago Art Institute back in the day when they taught the skills and the fundamentals that I really needed. And he taught me how to paint. And I got past that place of not being good enough and learning, wow, I can paint. Yes, it's a process. It's a learning process. Like we said, I'm, I'm a practicing artist. We're always practicing. But I got to the point where I could finish those paintings for the first time in my life. And it was so freeing. It, it just freed my whole life. I still do sculpture, love it, but I love to paint. I love to draw. And it it his his mentorship didn't just make me a better artist. It also made me a better teacher because I realized that that critical way of teaching was not successful. And I didn't even understand about this sensitive right brain, how, how it's like a, a flower you can easily crush and it needs to be watered and given sun to, to, to bloom and to shine and to, and to be its full beauty. And, and if, if it doesn't get nurtured that way, it's not going to be expressing its full natural self. Like you said, you come back to yourself. And so as I, you know, became even an award-winning painter, I was astounded that I could overcome those negative thoughts, mindsets, because I'd come into agreement with what they said. So our words are important. They make a difference as we even encourage ourselves if nobody's around. But as a teacher, I learned to create a safe space, that this is a no criticism zone. We're going to kind of, yeah, we'll still be using our right brain because it's the motor side. So we need it. We need our right brain. It's not that we want to ignore it. We just want to shut down that, that bully, that, that, left brain bully that said, you're not good enough. You can't do this. 
yes. Or, or, or maybe being paralyzed by perfectionism. Ah, I'm not perfect at it, trying something new. And, and so we don't even try because we just feel like we're going to fail. But, you know, part of, part of the joy of the learning process is enjoying every step. Okay. All right. That wasn't the best one. Get another one. You know, I, I said, start with cheap paper. Don't start with the best where you feel like, oh, it's too precious. I might ruin this, you know, $100 piece of canvas. So I'm going to start with my, you know, my, my $5 canvas and, you know, my cheap paints, and we're just going to do whatever we want or just keep it from being the most important part is the valuable equipment or what people, you know, what about the brushes? What about the paint? It's like, you know, that only matters once you reach certain levels, you know, when you, when you have an appreciation for what, what the depths of color you want or whatever, but when you're starting out, that's why they call it student grade. It's, it's, it's for you to be able to make your mistakes on. I haven't stopped making mistakes, but now I enjoy the process better when I'm not always fighting that. You're not good at it won't work. You can't do it. Yeah. Are they all, are they all winners? No, but, but they're all part of my, my personal process. And then, you know, we talked about exposing your work, showing it to others and, and submitting it, this gentle part of us, this deep part of us. First time I was in a show, I felt like I was laying naked on the table. People went by and said, Oh, that cost too much. Or, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not doing that again. Someone else can sell my work. I can't do it. I'll pay them half the price to half of it to, to sell so I don't have to do it. Whew, that's too too hard for my sensitive right brain. Can't take the criticism. <laughs> it's it's more like we already are critical enough of ourselves. We don't need anybody else to criticize us. Yeah. But you know, we, we can get over it. And, and and you know, anybody that you listen to people, oh, I can't paint, I can't draw, I can't do it, you know, I can't sing. Do you want to? You want to try? Find a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> we live in the age of the internet, right? <laughs> we can find it, find help. And I love doing that. It is one of the joys of this part of my life is, is helping individuals uncover and explore and develop and, and, and really be able to utilize their incredible creative giftings, find them, train them up, let them fly and make a difference in the world, bring a legacy, give purpose, give, give incredible joy because we're not just physical beings, you know, we're emotional and mental, uh, spiritual beings that have, have a longing to fulfill these purposes. So, you know, even though you feel like that health, health degree was a detour, I don't have any doubt that the things you learned in that process has helped develop you as a person and as an artist as well. So we, we just lay down those regrets, you know, gosh, I should have, I could have, oh, well, it's not too late. And I'm here saying it's not too late and you're not too old. You're not too young. You can do this. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it is good to have a mentor because you have that additional, it's just, it's support and it's guidance and, um, yeah, I feel like mentors can really help your evolution as a person and journey in a quicker, more impactful way as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I've taught for decades and I've taught in all kinds of circumstances from my studio to homeschool co-ops to classrooms. I even teach in college. Um, and, 
you know, I teach a field that doesn't matter how old you are. You, you know, if you're, if you're going to learn to draw, you're going to use the same exercises no matter what age you are. Um, and, you know, if you were learning to play the piano, everybody has to learn the same positions of their fingers or the guitar. So, you know, it, age doesn't really, isn't really the factor. It, it, it's really your desire. Um, talent isn't even really the factor. When I had a, a professor in college tell me, I mean, the only thing you have going for you is energy. I knew he meant that as an insult, that I didn't have talent, skill. But, you know, energy has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I receive it. I'll take that energy. <laughs> oh. Well, it, and if you think about it, if you... If it wasn't about energy, you might not even be doing, right? Like there, if you lack energy, a lot of times it, there's no follow through. So it helps you keep moving and doing it. And yeah. So when, when you're operating in your joyful purpose, you do get energized. Yeah. And, and when you can help others along the way you get energized. You know, what you're doing, Mandy, is you are sharing your heart and your life and your, you, through these podcasts, you get energized. I, I mean, I know it takes work and, it, and it's hard to put it all together. I commend you for all your beautiful blend of left brain, right brain connections that you're building, doing these podcasts. Uh, but also that you as, you, as you're serving people, as, you, as you're making a difference in people's lives, that that joy just does energize you. It, it, it does bring you, bring you um, great peace when you, when you think about, man, it was a good day. I got to share some, some cool things with people as, as my listeners. So, you know, I, I hope that people will receive everything that you're doing in, in the, with the heart that you are giving it. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> you and it is, it is hard work. That's why I try to explain to people podcasting, like the behind the scenes part. There's a lot that goes on in order for people to have that product where they can listen in and tune in. Um, but it's something that lights me up. I've been getting up like at 5 a.m. and I have so much energy and excitement doing these that, yeah, it, it just, I said, it just lights me up. It keeps me going. That's so exciting that you're doing it. And I know it's just going to get bigger and bigger. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have extreme success with this. So I, I really see that, you know, the, 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 the legacies we leave are what we give of ourselves to others. And this is what you're doing as you're making yourself vulnerable. And I know you'll reach a point where you say, and here's my latest painting and here's something else I'm drawing. And you know, well, let's try this together. Maybe, I don't know. You know, one of the things that I'm so convinced of, and, and and even said this when when I was applying to be in your in your show is the the incredible miraculous healing power of the arts, and you were talking about you know combining the nature and the beauty of our world with healing and the arts. That's that's totally where I'm at. I, I saw it happening before I even understood what it was. Even with myself, you know, when I had the mentor, I didn't realize this deep healing was going on. Their, their words had wounded me, especially since I came into agreement with them, that I had to come out of agreement with the negative words and into agreement with the possibilities. And all of us have things in our lives that that hinder us that way, that these, these mindsets, these things that, that, that have wounded our soul, wounded, you know, our body even manifests diseases, dis-ease. We, we receive these things. And, you know, as a health practitioner yourself, you know, 
the power of the mind and, and, the, and the soul as far as healing is concerned. I've got a couple of stories about this. Um, one of them is with a woman who uh, brought her child to my studio and her children. And, and I always gave the parents opportunities because they could be creative too. And she turned out to be wonderfully gifted and, and talented with her hands. She was doing beautiful sculptural and drawing and painting too. Then she was diagnosed with a serious um, breast cancer. Um, I don't remember stage three, four, given a limited time life expectancy. And I had a huge art project I was preparing for that was in nine months. It was going to be a whole room installation, porcelain cakes and candies and cupcakes and cookies uh, called Taste and Sea Sweet Shop. And I needed help. And she was talented. I said, Jan, you come in the studio and work with me. Come, let's do this show together. She's like, Karen, I don't even know if I'm going to be here in nine months. I said, well, you'll have a legacy you'll leave for your family and for others. So let's do it. She came to the studio every day. She wasn't doing radiation, chemo surgeries she was in the studio with me working and there she was nine months later in remission at that show with me celebrating this beautiful thing room creation we had made together wow i have to happy to say nine years later she is still completely cancer free wow. and she, she says doing that artwork in that most difficult time of her life going through that trial it gave her something to hope for, something to look forward to, something to do that brought beauty and joy and challenges. Mental, we had lots of challenges. Getting the right colors. Does it look like chocolate? How do we get this to look like, you know, frosting? How do we do this? And you know, solving all these situations to make them all look like candy and cupcakes and cookies. Matter of fact, people came in thinking they were buying chocolates. I'm like, yeah, but you better not bite them. You'll break your teeth off. <laughs> They're made out of porcelain. But yeah, we had a great successful show together and. You know, it's something that is a legacy for her and for me. And and knowing that she's cancer free, she has you know a future is, I don't know. Yes, yeah, she did the medical things, but that wasn't the only part of her that that was going through that cancer. It was emotions in her mind and her will and emotions. So it's beautiful to see her victorious afterwards. Mm -hmm. Another story: younger, 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 younger person who uh, a lot of people bring their, their students to me, their children to me, because they have problems. Um, sometimes ADHD, sometimes it's dyslexia, sometimes it's autism. They're not, they're not thriving academically and they need something else to do. I'm telling you, they thrive in arts. They did without exception to varying degrees. I started entering their work into local art competitions and they were they were winning. They were winning ribbons. And this success gave them courage and, and confidence to, to do better in their other subjects. Well, that was a, a victory all of its own. But I had this one student who just excelled. He had ADHD and dyslexia, both of them. But he was doing well enough to, to be graduating from high school when, when a piece that he did in my studio won not just first place in his age, but best in the entire show. And these are artworks from the, the best students in every school in, in, in three counties. He won best in show, got a monetary award, rib, you know, pick, picture, paper, everything. Three months later, he had a traumatic brain injury from a brain infection that caused him to lose his skull, all these brain surgeries. 
He was paralyzed on the right side, couldn't talk, couldn't walk. His hand was curled up. Four months of rehab in the hospital, he left. He still couldn't talk, he could barely walk, and he couldn't use his right side. Talk about an 18-year-old depressed child. His mom brought him right back to the studio. Now, I'm not an art therapist. You've had that training. I'm just an artist art teacher, right? I said, okay, well, let's just teach you left-handed. You know, I'm left-handed. Let's try your left hand. So he started drawing, painting, writing left-handed. And it didn't take hardly any time before he was as good with his left hand as he had been with his right hand. I was astounded. I'm thinking, you know, wow, you know, maybe those connections were, were still working for him. But not only that, I then got a call from his neurosurgeon. Now, he's like, I don't, I've never called anybody's art teacher before. What are you doing with David? He's not only stronger with his weak hand than I am, and I'm a surgeon, but he's having healing happening in his brain, left and right brain. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just drawing and painting. And, you know, I don't know what's working. It just is. And he can talk now. He can walk now. His his right hand is still his weaker hand. Yeah. Um, but he is living a good life. And, you know, yes, he did the medical things, but his mama and him, they're convinced that doing art and doing that really helped him, number one, get over depression, have hope that this is not the end, that he could get better, and that art is miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> Convinced me. That's awesome. That is amazing. Um, wow. I got chills as you were telling those stories. That is so amazing. Now, these two people are still very close to my heart and very tight in my life. But, you know, everybody I talk to has some story about how maybe that part of their nature, that part of their, their being um, didn't get developed like it could have, or maybe they started and somebody, you know, it got derailed. And I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, it's not too late. It's yeah. not too late, you know, and, and even something as simple as taking a stroll and enjoying the beauty of your park around you. Where do you live? Do you live in suburbia? Do you live in the country? You know, look around. I'm not talking about a power walk where you're counting your steps, your Fitbit, yeah. Fitbit watch is telling you what to do. I'm talking about where you are very present. You're looking around, enjoying the sky. Maybe it is towards the sunset. I know couples that have their evening walk at sunset time every day. Um, you, as you're noticing and breathing, you know, breathing the fresh air, as you're listening to this birds and the crunch of leaves under your feet, you are bringing healing and connection to your own brain. You just don't ever know what's going on inside while you are doing those 15 to 20 minutes is all the experts say it takes. And, yeah. and you're making yourself feel better. Then you can do, then you can do your Fitbit walk. You can, you can still do that. Don't have to be either, or I'm just saying, take time to smell the roses. You've heard that before, right? It's a cliche for a reason. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. And you know, you get a, the, the scientists say you get a release of serotonin, that happiness chemical, you, you get a, a reduction of cortisol, which is the stress. So these things, you know, we don't even know all that it does. Scientists, brain scientists, neurosurgeons, they don't know everything, but they do know that art has some place. And when I say art, I'm talking about singing. Okay. Here's one. They actually studied people who sing in the shower. Okay. This thing sounds hilarious, right? So there you are, you know, 
nobody wants to hear you saying, but hey, you love it. You got a great song. You're in the shower, rub-a-dub-dub, you're scrubbing a dub. And you're just singing your favorite song. You're right, your left brain's resting. It's not trying to figure anything out, you know, or solve any problems. You're just singing. You get out of the shower and and you know, you're thinking, oh, I feel, I feel good, you know, I felt really, really good. And then a thought comes to your mind. Maybe, maybe it's a solution with your family or your children or something at work or something that just hadn't occurred to you yeah. while you were rub-a-dub-dub scrubbing and singing in the tub neuro processes were happening and they were solving problems without you your permission and you yeah. don't even have conscious knowledge of it it's <laughs> i'm like wow sing yeah. in the shower sing in the shower you got a problem sing in the shower <laughs> that's me and <laughs> i'm always singing or humming something in the shower and I have noticed that my aha moments or ideas for even in school I remember ideas for projects and yeah all comes to me in the shower most of the time. <laughs> that's awesome we don't know what's in our subconscious we just don't but it's it, you know they tell us what we use 10 20 percent of our brain at most well, yeah. you know, there's a lot of wasted space, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, even, even, even Albert Einstein said that art is, is, um, your imagination having fun. You know, creativity is your, is your, is your imagination having fun, your mind having fun. Um, Steve Jobs said, Apple is not just about technology. It's about the marriage of technology and art. And you look at people don't throw away their art. I mean, they're, they're, they're Apple Apple purchases boxes, you know, they take so much care of every part of the design. The, the, the design is as important as technology. You know, AI, I know a lot of people in my generation are losing our jobs from AI. We're so scared of AI. I'm like, have you tried chat? GPT is awesome. You, know, you can believe what good things can happen. It's a tool. Yes, it can replace left brain things, maybe things you don't want to do, but it will never replace the human imagination intuition um the inventiveness and creativity of the human brain and soul it never will and if you see those art is done by by machines done by computers uh -huh. it, it follows all the rules and the the, the principles of design it looks perfect and yeah. it has the deadness perfect mm. it doesn't have that spark of life that that unique part of human beings that no no machine is ever going to replace so don't fear don't fear ai embrace it you know what can it do for you let it be a tool that you use not 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 something you fear you know yeah. machines are going to take us over i don't care what will smith movie you've seen right <laughs> and then i also wanted to give you space to chat a little bit about your books. You're an author too. Would you like to share a little bit about those? I got one on Amazon, which is how to draw. It's actually exercises. I did my, give my philosophy in there. And, and then I, I, I take you through exercises. You do these exercises, you're going to learn to draw without exception. And this is what, you know, I really got one of those wake up. I, that's what I have these aha moments when I wake up in the morning before I put my brain to work. Oh, you're going to write a book. What? Me? Write a book? What? Anyway, it's got exercises you can utilize. Um, I have a how to paint book, but to do that one, you have to take my painting class with me. I got one starting in March. So if you want to take one, let me know. <clears throat> um, I have the one that I wrote for my college students um, 
art history and appreciation textbook. Um, it's it's 630 page <laughs> book for those really seriously wanting to study uh, Western art. Uh, and I meet my husband, I have some, some more books coming. Cause you know, once you start, you, you think, oh, well, there's more books coming. <laughs> but what I love to do is to work with individuals one-on-one. And I've got a course, um, art as self-therapy, wellness through creativity. And if you're interested in talking to me, you know what, we can have a free conversation and just see if there's a way that I can help you stir up your creative gifts to find and then un unwrap them and blossom and let them shine. Um, I, I can be a accountability partner for you. And, and um, I'm, I'm just releasing a, a three-part pop-up podcast that is all about um, discovering what works for you. It's free. It's 320 minute. Usually this is information I only sell on my $6,000 program. So it's free to your listeners and it'll be, it'll be um, attainable from um, getcreativewithkaren.com. So by the time this, this is launched, I will be launching that podcast um, and you'll be at, have access to that and get deeper into finding your own creative gifts. I love that. And listeners, I'm going to link all of those things into the description so you can feel free to click there. Um, and then Karen, to wrap this up, I also wanted to ask you, since the Just Earthly podcast is a an exploration of self and world healing through nature, how do you heal through nature, if you don't mind sharing? You know, I have been a practicing artist my whole life and had I didn't really understand that this natural kind of well of joy that I walk in that people say oh you're, you're such a peaceful joyful person and didn't make that connection that that participating and practicing the arts whether as an actor I still participate with a group of actors um, as a filmmaker I've got students that take filmmaking all the way from Uganda that I teach them um, whether it's doing my own painting and drawing or commissions that I do uh, helping people with their creativity these things are wells of health and joy and I, I don't think you can give yourself away enough, not in not when it's your choice. I don't mean when you're taken from. I mean, when you freely release what's inside of you to others, it, it just keeps coming back deeper and more to you. So that is a well of health and wellness that I live in by the grace of God. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, listeners, just as a reminder, I will be linking in... Karen's website, ways to listen to her pop-up podcasts, and a link to her books as well um, that you can click on and explore some more. Um, but yeah, Karen, thank you so, so much for being here. This has been such a fun conversation, um, an inspirational conversation as well. <laughs> One last comment to leave you with. Yeah. Have grace on yourself. As you explore your creativity, be gracious to you. Give yourself the same grace you would anybody trying something new. I love that. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Such a great reminder. <laughs> You're welcome. You too. You too. Keep on keeping on being artistic. Bless you. <laughs>